Welcome in. It is a special edition of the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And Luke Fickle is staying at Cincinnati. But first, I do want to give a huge shout-out to everybody that showed up yesterday for the watch party at the Holy Grail. Unfortunately, the end outcome was not what everyone desired. But to see that place packed for a noon tip on a Sunday just shows the uh, the the absolute power of Bearcat Journal and the force that we are becoming in this city. Days like that show businesses why they uh, why they support Bearcat Journal, why they partner with Bearcat Journal. So special thanks to the Holy Grail for having us, and uh, we we will have another one very soon. Uh, I will announce that in the next couple days. But first, or, you know, whatever. Let's uh, let's get right down to business, Dave. Luke Fickle. You got, what do you got going? Are you playing Mario Kart back there? What's going on? It's my my notifications. I'm going to go ahead and turn those <laughs> off because, uh, as you can imagine, my notifications on my phone or my text messages are a little bit crazy right now. A little busy. Big news. Big news. But yeah. So so, uh, so I I will for turn the first time. Everybody everybody has heard my thoughts. I will expand a little bit after we get your thoughts. But David, you have the mic. Yeah. So for the first time in a long time, Cincinnati Bearcats will have a football coach. Everyone is excited to be here, and uh, that's great news for. A myriad of reasons, but, um, you know, it's just the thing that I think about the most, you know, when, when this happened is that, yes, you know, the, the easy thing to say is coach Fickle is different and he has, you know, backed up what he said about, you know, certain things are important, certain things aren't. And 90% of his colleagues probably don't necessarily feel the same way, but it just kind of shows our own fans. Maybe most of all, like, Hey, I'm serious. Let's all get in on this together. And who knows what the hell can happen. And I know, I mean, our board's thrilled, obviously Twitter's been going nuts, but that is a very small portion of the greater Cincinnati fan base. And this is being talked about nationwide and will be throughout the day and, you know, maybe into tomorrow and the rest of this week. So don't, you know, overlook the fact that this is a big deal. Like we've told everybody for going on two years and I don't even think we've named them all, but we're pushing double digits on whereas on some level, some school has inquired. It could be a cursory. Hey, are you interested? No, not you know, not no thanks. But I appreciate the interest. All the way to a full fledged interview, and we're not going to get into who has asked what and what he's done with who. And but just think about that and compare that to what we've experienced in the past. And I don't say any of this to begrudge any former coach, but. We all knew that whether it was Coach D'Antonio, 
Coach Kelly and Coach Jones, that it was a formality. That at some point within the first couple, two, three years, if they produced anything that looked positive and had a positive trajectory going, that they were probably going to get approached by a school that had resources, money, whatever you wanted to say, more than Cincinnati, and they were probably going to leave. And right now, at this very moment, we can say that that is not the case. That we have a coach that one school can offer a huge check, another school can offer a similar lifestyle to what Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati can offer, another school might be able to offer a blue blood program that's won national championships. And, no, and to, to today, none of that has mattered. And I think that is the thing that I maybe take the most from this is that we've all talked about, man, wouldn't it just be nice to have someone that wants to stay here and build UC to, to what we all think it might be able to become if that person is willing to, to see things in the here and now. We're, we're sitting there, and now it's kind of up to us as fans, and it's up to the administration at UC to kind of pay back that, level of loyalty and we all know the financial you know hardships that the school has when you compare it to you know other schools that have come after coach speckle but he's pretty much shown that that's not really the most important thing i mean everybody would be fooling themselves if they were put in a similar position where they were offered a 100% or even more raise and didn't consider it, regardless of how much you love your current job or you love your current city. You'd be foolish not to consider it. So I'm not going to pretend like he hasn't seriously considered some of these opportunities, but he hasn't acted on them. So now it's on to us, and I say us in the bigger sense, to do what we can do. I don't know what that is. But what you know, whatever that might be, it needs to happen now, because in all honesty, today is great, but it's not going to stop as long as they're not in a Power Five conference. We can have another great year next year. We're going to go through this again, and he and he might have a new contract, and he might stay again. But the thing that we have to be prepared for and to look at realistically is that. Say we're down the road a few more years and the and the Big Twelve hasn't expanded or we're still in the IC. It's going to continue, but for right now, it could not be more positive from a internal standpoint with the team or in a recruiting standpoint, like twenty twenty one recruiting is going to absolutely just blow up um because of this, because it was newsy to everybody for several days. It wasn't like, you know, so-and-so wants to interview Coach Fickle, but no one really knows how much he's talked to them. Like, there were planes on the ground. There were high heels on the tarmac. There were, you know, reports from here, reports from there. So everybody knows. And everybody knows that he said no. And it's time to, to get it going and make sure that we do whatever we can to put ourselves 
in the best place to fend this stuff off when it happens again. That includes signing up for a BearcatJournal.com membership on sale for 60% off an annual membership through Tuesday at midnight. How about that? You like, like how I worked that yeah, one in? Do, do, do that right after you sign up for season tickets. And if you, you don't have them. Or, or, yes, or a nice little donation because you're feeling good today and you're like, that 20 bucks that I was going to spend on something else, let's put it in the, in the UCAT. And then, if you're not a member, go subscribe to Bearcat Journal. That's right. <clears throat> this whole thing has been um, quite eye-opening for me, David. In that the Power 5 arrogance... Well, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. The the power five arrogance that was on full display throughout this situation was astonishing. And the funny thing is, like, I never said Luke Fickle was staying. I did find out last night at about 1130 that the odds were really, really good. That he was coming back. But that that wasn't a guaranteed deal. That wasn't something um, that I had on strong enough authority to report. But that really felt like when the tide turned. um, That I started getting word from a couple different outlets. That he was was real close to making the decision to return to Cincinnati. And it was treated like. When I said it was 50-50. It was treated like I said it was like 95-5 he was staying in Cincinnati just for the mere mention of the fact that he might consider staying here as opposed to taking the Michigan State job. And, yeah, I mean, I, part, of me, part of me kind of understands it because it's happened three times in the past. And if we're being honest and – if he had left, and we'd have talked about, I'll just say Akron, who has a history with UC or the Ohio, you know, this part of Ohio, we would have probably felt it was a 95% formality that we'd have got that coach too. Right. So part of me totally gets it. But you are right in saying that observing, I mean, I don't, you're the contacts guy. I, I don't have the context. I'm not commenting on that stuff in social media or on the board. Um, I feel like we were very fair last week when we laid out why he could leave and why he might want to stay. I don't think we, you know, said really what would happen either way. We didn't make bold predictions or anything like that, but I thought we were fair and kind of breaking it down as to what, would likely go into a decision, but from the stuff that was tweeted or, or said, or you're absolutely right. It, it came across as like, we just got to show up and say, hi, we're Michigan state. We're in the big 10. Don't, how about you be our coach and, you know, handshake a couple smooches on the cheeks and, and we'll see you on Friday for a press conference. Um, you know, I have a good friend that is a Michigan State alum. Your wife? And, and no, actually, <laughs> not, not the wife. An actual fan of uh, the football team more than she is. 
But he he told me that today. He asked what was going on, and I kind of accurate had broken, kind of told him a little bit, and he was like, "Yeah, I totally had heard that." Rad basically just showed up, acting like this thing was in the bag, and and that he was just going to leave because we were Michigan State and could pay him a bunch more money, and we were in the Big Ten. Seems like that's the mentality that several people who were covering the story went with as well. I mean, I think that's the mentality that their administration had. So, I mean, to me, here's here's what I take from this. I will say straight out, I think Michigan State did a terrible job conducting this search. If we're to assume that Luke Fickle was their number one target, and every indication is that Luke Fickle was their number one target. They did a terrible job of of portraying that, relaying that, into trying to, to show Luke that, that he was the, know, guy. the guy. And I think what, what they did in that process, well, they, they slow played him. I mean, if, if look, if I'm Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio retires on a Tuesday. We the day before signing day. The day before signing day. But we meet on, let's say we meet on Wednesday to discuss, to, to you know, the AD, his staff, the inner workings of, of Michigan State athletics. We, we meet on Wednesday to discuss. And and we come to the conclusion, look, Luke Fickle is, is the direction we want to go. I take that swing first and as quickly as possible. Luke, you free Thursday? Yeah, you don't wait. How about Friday? You don't wait till Sunday. And then fly in a plane that was easily tracked to go meet with two other candidates and make your number one choice feel like a third option. Well, we even, we even commented last week that, you know, and we don't know, and I'm not going to speculate on – you know, if there was an interview scheduled or not scheduled, but it seemed pretty easy to sit, to go to the coach, Ohio Coaches Convention in Columbus if you wanted to have at least a first interview. Right. On that was on Friday. Um, and you know, you definitely need to speak to multiple people. You never know, but they could have very easily. Met on Friday, said, Luke, you're our guy, but we got to do some other stuff. Don't listen to the noise. We just, this is just us making sure we're doing our due diligence, but, but this is, this is what we want to do. And they could have, re- they could have revisited on Saturday, just like they did coming back down here. But it seems like, like you said, like if, if, if my number one, Candidate is so close and is, is has so many connections. What am I waiting five days to talk to him for? Yeah. And what you do, Dave, is you allow time to think, to process. And, and here's what I take, and, and that's why I wanted to preface this. Why I, I, I think Michigan State screwed it up. That's not to say that they were going to hire Luke Fickle, but that is to say... Cincinnati has become a good enough job that 
they're on par with anything else. Not in the uh, upper stratosphere of college athletics. We know, you know, the, the, the 10, 15, whatever programs that are, that are way, way up there. And that means you better come with your ducks in a row because this is a good job. And if you don't blow Luke Fickle's socks off, he's not going to take your job. Right? I mean, we talked about this. Look. Yeah. He's going to win. not so much. Go, go ahead. I, know, I was just saying, the jobs are not so far apart where you can just walk in and expect him to go, I'm so excited. I don't even care what you guys offer me. I'm just ready to get out of the AAC and into the Big Ten, and, and you've been good before, and I know I can rebuild it, and let, let's get Right. Where you can just nonchalant think. Now, maybe that's the other thing that makes me question the Michigan State side is, with 90% of coaches, you can do that. But you obviously didn't do your homework enough on this one coach and, and the way he thinks to think, guys, I know in the past we could probably do this, but this guy's different. We can't just show up and think that he's just going to crawl on broken glass to coach in the Big Ten and at Michigan State. Yeah, because I, that's the feeling I got. And, like, the, the more I dug into it and I – and I, I posted this last night and my thoughts from last night. What I genuinely gathered was their insiders and their, their people reporting on this, that's what they were being told from people at Michigan State. Like, for a while, you know, you think initially, well, this is just, you know, a situation where everybody's trying to be first. And they just assume that Luke's going to take it. So everybody's trying to jump the gun and look like they know what they're talking about. But the more it played out, the more it's like, wait a second. This is the actual info that they're getting from the decision makers at Michigan State, which to me was just banana land because everybody I talked to that knew anything about Luke Fickle told me time and again, <coughs> This thing is not going to be easy. This is not a slam dunk. This is not a foregone conclusion. This is something he's going to discuss very heavily with his family. And and you know what Michigan State did by delaying that thing until Sunday and not making it a priority? They gave him three extra days to talk to his family, to weigh the pros and cons. If you're Michigan State, you know what you, know what you want to be, Dave? You want to be an impulse buy. Well, you want to you want to make it so that you don't have a dang choice. Like you're getting on this plane, go get your family, go get your kids, pack your bags. We're going to East Lansing. You know this. You're our guy. Here's here's what we're gonna do. Here's why this is great. Let's go. Not well. Maybe we'll talk to you on Friday. I'm not not, not gonna talk to you on Friday. Now we're gonna go talk to Mel Tucker and Robert Stahl and then we'll come back and then we circle back around and then we fly in Saturday night and we meet you Sunday morning. They didn't even, they didn't even talk to him for four hours on Sunday. I mean, we don't know when it started, but we know they were back at the airport at noon. They were at the airport at 1230. Yeah. Noon, 1230. So, I mean, unless they got a really early jump at 5 a.m. or something. I mean, and I'm not saying these things have to be all day deliberations, but 
That's a quick one. You know, that's a quick one. It's a quick one. Um, so, yeah, it's it just, you know, and as things happened and as, as things kept coming out from their side, but then nothing, there was no action. Like if he had yesterday, when they left the airport, even if he wasn't on the plane, it would have started to leak if he would have accepted the job because they would have been fired up to let everybody know they got their coach. So the longer it drove on yesterday, the more doubt I had that it was going to happen even during the day. Because like if you go on a big business trip and you're trying to get this huge, massive client and you land the client, do you wait till like you go on Friday? Do you wait till Monday to tell you got the client? No, it's like the first thing we do when you guys meet him. We got him. We got him. You know, I signed him up for what? And that never happened. Right. So he obviously didn't accept anything at that point. And so then you're like, okay, well, maybe he said, you know, well, let me think about it. Give me 24 hours, talk to my family or whatever. But that usually doesn't happen in coaching because usually everything that needs to be discussed has been discussed. And it is just a yes or no answer. Yeah, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. They left this door so wide open. And what's such a critical hire for them. And they were just so nonchalant and so... I don't even know how to... Like, it just blew my mind. That, that they let this happen the way that they did. I, I don't I just I just don't get it like I I, I have a hard time understanding and, and let's just say even if they did those things I'm not sure he would have taken the job I think it still would have been a, a tough decision for him him and his family this is not to say if they acted quickly it was a done deal what it is to say is no. the more they delayed the more those odds shifted to Cincinnati and and, and it adjusted every day. It, sure. it, the thinking process changed every day that they didn't show straight out, look, we want you to be our coach. And by the time they got here, the feeling was, I've got a good job. I've got everything in place. I've got people around me that I trust. I've built an awesome staff. I have a roster stacked for success. Just signed the number one recruiting class in school history. Just signed the number one player in school history. And... Through all of that, Michigan State didn't come through with their end of the bargain. They did not blow Luke Fickle out of the water, clearly. And to me, thats I just don't get how you let it get to that and you just treat it like, we got him. He's leaving Cincinnati for Michigan State, whatever. We know yeah, that. I mean, we know that. Think about when you go to make like a big purchase. Like you said, impulse buying. And you go in knowing you want to buy it. How often do you leave and then come back a week later and still buy it? Like you either get the big purchase like on that day because you've been fired up to get whatever it is, or you realize no, it's not what I like need at this point. Once you walk out the door, you start thinking of all the reasons why it's not that important right now and why your money can be spent better elsewhere. It's kind of like the same thing to me. Like just like you said, and we've talked about it, 
Antonio retires on Tuesday or whatever. You come down. If this is your guy, you're, Antonio has put you in a terrible situation. And you just come down on Wednesday and you get this thing done. Yeah, I mean, even if you can't get him on Wednesday because it's signing day and he's not going to do that. Well, I'm just using this right. I mean, yeah. But... But you say, Luke, when is, the, when is the absolute first day I can speak to you? When can we meet? Can we Today, tomorrow, you name the time, you name the place. You are our number one priority. Let's make this happen. Tell us when, tell us where, we'll be there. And that's not what happened. To no, me, that's so insanity. It is. It is. Especially after, you know, and... I don't blame them, but like they obviously talked some to Pat Narduzzi on some level. They obviously talked on some level to Matt Campbell. And then they clearly talked to the two other candidates. So you're now, whether you want to, whether you believe or you want to say that Luke was your number one option, you've also already talked to four other people. So we can say, Luke doesn't have an ego, and I think in terms of college coaching, he doesn't have an ego, but let's be real. If if all these people are saying that I'm your number one candidate, but you've talked to four other people also, then I'm really not your number one candidate. Right. I mean, and, and that's the thing you touched on. Like, how, how difficult would it have been for them to, to you know, if they've got, if they, if they want to go talk to, to Mel Tucker, if they want to go talk to the dude from the 49ers, you meet with Luke first, and then you say, like you said, look, we got a couple other, you know, a couple other procedural things to do. You spend some time here with your family, talk it over with your wife. If you want this job, it is yours, and we'll we'll talk in twenty four hours. Why, for God's sake, say one of our boosters is Mel Tucker's best friend, or went to school with Robert Sal or something? I mean, who cares? Right. <laughs> it's like. Well, it doesn't make any sense. I don't really care. It's great for us. So, kind of moving forward, what, you know, this is all fresh, but what have you heard or, or have you heard anything kind of where things now stand between him and UC on an extension? I know as of late last week that they were working and speaking diligently on, on making that happen. Um, I'm sure with a new athletic director, there's there's um, he's being pulled in a million different directions. Um, I would hope that this is a he should, a very he should tell the people to stop pulling. Yeah, this is a very clear sign. Get this done. Leave no doubt. Leave no guessing. Leave no wondering why it's taking so long. If you have to, you you go to his house and you lock yourself in with he and his representation and you get it done. And if you, if you got to call boost extra boosters and say, we need this, I think after today, you know, that should be, uh, should be more than evident that the commitment is there from Luke fickle round up everybody, get everybody together, get everybody on the same page and make this thing happen, no questions asked, as quickly as humanly possible. 
I mean, right. There's there's no there's nothing anymore that that should that should delay this process from being the absolute number one priority. You can't now let any doubt creep in. Right. That I've turned down all these jobs. Where are you on your end of the deal? Like, you know how much I like it here. And I'm not asking for the stars, the moon, and the sun, but at least give me some stars. Yeah. And, and, and show my staff some love. Figure out a way to keep to keep Mike Mickens in the fold. Because if you missed that yesterday, I kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mike Mickens has been offered the cornerback coaching position at Notre Dame. It's a pretty big job. It's a huge job. It's an awesome opportunity for him. But I would venture to guess he would rather stay here. Figure out a way to make it happen. Figure out a way to bring Walt Stewart home. Figure out a way to get Marcus Freeman and Mike Denbrock a raise. Gina Gadulli a raise. All those guys that were a huge part of bringing in the number one recruiting class in school history. Reward those guys. Make it worth their while. Make them want to stay the same as Luke Fickle wants to stay. They have expressed a great deal of loyalty in Luke Fickle. It is time for the school to return that loyalty by rewarding Luke Fickle and his staff. Period. That, I mean, that's my yeah, take on I mean, there's, there's really, it. Yeah, there's really nothing else to say because like, when we talk about head coaches, I mean, and well, they're already rich, blah, 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 and you know, what's another this, that, million dollars. But like to a position coach, that's a, I'm sure, you know, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I would venture to bet what Mike Mickens could make at Notre Dame as a corners coach is significantly higher than what he's making at UC. Probably, yeah. So, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, gotta put the stuff done. You gotta give him a reason to to be like, no, that's not, that's not the important part to me. Like, this is enough for me. Um, because those guys have ambitions too. Like, that's a great thing to do. Go be the corners coach at Notre Dame. That might parlay you into a defensive coordinator job if that's what he wants to do at another university. I mean, it, ambition. Everyone, that's part of the thing I kind of laugh at is like, he, we all have ambition. Why Coaches have to have ambition too. Like, just because you have ambition doesn't mean you're not loyal. Um, so all these guys, they want the best for what, what they feel is best for them. And Luke has shown that right now being here is what is best for them. So we need to show him and all of those guys that we appreciate that. And that this is the, this is what we're going to do to to show that to you. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's what needs to be done by the university. He is, he is now committed to you. Like the hats were on the table he pretended to put the Michigan State hat on. He tossed it on the ground. He had his sweater vest underneath his jacket. It says team on the back. Time to time to, you know it's go time on that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that 
I don't really have any more. You covered all the important stuff, I think. I mean, is there anything else from this process that you, you know, that jumps out to you that you feel, you know, comfortable saying on an open forum? I mean, anything else you want to add to any of this? No, I mean, it, it, it look, man, that, and, and, and thanks to everybody for the kind words. It is, it has been rather overwhelming. Um, I'm sure you're getting it on the BCJ Twitter. I, I'm getting it a lot personally today. It means a lot that, that people are starting to notice. More people are starting to notice the way that we do things, why we do things the way that we do things, how much doing this job the right way means to us. And the respect that we've earned from our member base. And I, I just, you know, that stuff does mean a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you. It means a lot to everybody on staff. Um, but I, I just want to make sure it's being said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've always, if we're, if we've never, or if we haven't gotten one thing across, the one thing we do want people to know is that, yes, we're fans, but we are never going to slant things in a way that, you know, makes people happy. If, you know, if bad news is coming, we're going to hit you in the face with it because that's news. It's not red and black myopic glasses news. It's news. And we're also not going to throw puff crap out there if there's, if we don't have information. Like that's why numerous times you and I both said, we don't know. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to say because it sits you right in the middle and everybody wants to know your opinion, but sometimes you don't know. So we just kept saying right now we think it's 50-50 because we don't feel comfortable one way or another definitively saying that this is going to happen. It's also because that's what the info was telling me was that it was 50-50. Here's the thing, Dave, and people that have been around a long time know this. If my info would have been that it was 70-30, he's gone, my reporting would have been, look, I think they got ground to make up. I don't think they're in a great spot here. It would not have been 50-50 just, you know, to, to appease everybody and keep them happy. I was truly hearing that things were 50-50. And there were a couple times... I was told it was a potentially a slight lean to Cincinnati. I expressed that. I was never once told from Friday on, because Wednesday and Thursday, there really wasn't a whole lot to go on because Michigan State wasn't making any, any moves at that point. They weren't doing anything. So there's nothing to really go on. Once things really started to get into motion, everything I was told was either 50-50 or a very slight edge towards Cincinnati. That ran all the way through last night. And then, like I said, last night at about 11.30, the, the table started to turn. And I posted on the on the, the, the Sunday nightcap thread, I think there's a chance tomorrow's a really good day. And that's, the, that's the first time, either way, pro-Michigan State, pro-Cincinnati, that is the first time that I got any sense that it was trending in either direction. But, right. but but no, 
if I would have been hearing that it was he was leaning towards Michigan State, that's exactly what I would have been putting out there. So, I mean, but but that's the way we do things. That's the way we've always done well, things. It, if we don't do that, then it makes us look really stupid when something opposite happens. And then we've got a message board full of people saying, well, for three days you've been telling us it's looking good, it's looking good, and then all of a sudden he leaves. That doesn't benefit us. It doesn't benefit our members. Right. Like, I want our members to be smart. I see enough dumb comments on Twitter throughout this whole thing from people that aren't members. I want them to become members so they're smart. So when they talk about you, you don't need to listen to any of that other crap because you get the real, honest truth at Bearcat Journal. That's what we're here for. Just so everybody knows, Dave is in his car on his lunch break. So we're going to let him eat lunch. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. I'm fat and I need some food. My guess is we'll have another show at some point this week. This was just a uh, Dave hit me up and said, hey, do we need to fire off an emergency pod to uh, to to gather our thoughts and the, and the official thoughts of Bearcat Journal now that it's official Luke Fickle is staying? I said, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to get this up and get it out as quickly as possible. Dave, we appreciate your diligence. Thank you for sitting in your car for 45 minutes so we could record a podcast. Oh, anything for our loyal members. (laughs) All right, man. That's going to wrap it up. We'll have more later this week. Stay tuned to BearcatJournal.com for continuing coverage of all things UC football and basketball. The Bearcats take on Memphis Thursday night at Fifth Third Arena. Make sure you are there. We will be, and we will have it covered from tip to whistle. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks for listening. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast on BearcatJournal.com.